This episode is supported by Earn In. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn now can be in your hands today with Earn In. Earn In is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Super, super easy to use. You just download the Earn In app and verify your paycheck. Then you can access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. So the app is free. You can leave a tip if you want. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So here's the thing. Sometimes getting close to your next paycheck, next pay period, and you realize, oh gosh, like paycheck doesn't come until next Friday, but we have this event that we need to attend this weekend and we need money for it. Or we have to buy a gift for someone. Or, oh my gosh, like my kid tore through their shoes and now we have to buy new shoes this weekend and the money's not in the bank yet. So Earning can help you access the money you've already earned at work by giving you this little bit of money in advance. So make Earnin part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security, and it gives me a lot of peace of mind. So for our listeners, all you need to do is download Earnin today. It's spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, and you can download it in Google Play or the Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type in Shameless Mom under podcast when you sign up. So there'll be a little place where you can, where it says, what podcast did you hear about them on? Type in Shameless Mom under podcast. This helps to show support for our show and our advertisers. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank, and subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 78 with Kathy Fetke. Show notes for this episode can be found at shamelessmom.com and you can just hop on over to episode 78. This episode of the Shameless Mom Academy is sponsored by Ava, the first ever adaptive eating program. Ava helps you and your family learn about nutrition and how to live a healthier lifestyle. Track what you eat by snapping a picture with your phone, ask Ava any nutrition question, and get personalized meal recommendations. You can try it now for free by texting SHAMELESS to 48799. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean, and I'm here to give you and other passionate, dedicated moms the tools you need to bridge the gap between motherhood and living the life of your dreams. I'm also here to help you be a little more shameless every day, because if you aren't building a life you're extraordinarily proud of, what kind of legacy are you building? So let's dive in. Kathy Fetke specializes in teaching people how to build multi-million dollar real estate portfolios through creative finance and planning. She is passionate about researching and then sharing the most important information about real estate, market cycles, and the economy. Author of the number one bestseller, Retire Rich with Rentals, Kathy is a frequent guest expert on such media outlets as CNN, CNBC, Fox News, NPR, and CBS Market Watch. I was really excited to talk with Kathy because I knew that her business had come from a place of struggle and probably a little bit of panic. Uh, She started creating her business when her husband was diagnosed with what they thought was going to be a terminal illness. And it turned out that he was misdiagnosed and he survived. But in that time of uncertainty, Kathy started to build something that would be able to sustain her and her family, regardless of the outcome of that situation. And wow, she went like all in. I was really excited to talk to Kathy because I know she has this really amazing story that came from a place of 
pain, struggle, and heartache. Kathy's husband was incorrectly diagnosed with what was supposed to be a terminal illness a while back. And out of that came, of course, Kathy's panic and desperation to create something for her family in case she had to sustain her family outside of her husband's illness and beyond her husband's illness if he did not survive. So as it turns out, he did survive. Luckily, so the story has a really happy ending. But what happened in this process is that Kathy began to build a business that would do amazing things for her family and give them tremendous freedom and then allow her to help thousands of other people do the exact same thing. So I was really fascinated by Kathy's story and how she talks about real estate, how she uses real estate to empower people financially, give them freedom, give them financial freedom, just a lot of different really golden nuggets in here. So even if you're someone who you think like you're not interested in real estate, that's not your thing. I'm telling you, you're going to be like totally interested in real estate after this. It's really, really fascinating. And she even gives kind of a glimpse into where she thinks things are headed in our new administration after this election and what she thinks is going to happen with real estate, how she thinks things might be impacted, and just some ways that you can be financially responsible for your real estate investments and for the kind of the financial stability of your situation, regardless of what that might be right now. And and then of course, looking at what that might look like down the road and what you want that to look like in terms of setting goals around real estate and around saving money. So Kathy is going to share with us how her breakdown led to her breakthrough. She's going to talk about how she serves others by offering hope. She's going to talk about tips for tapping into your higher self and the importance of being guided by your values and your vision. She's going to talk about whether or not you should buy a house right now and the power of small real estate investments. We're not talking about big money here, people. We're actually talking about what you can do with smaller amounts of money to make some really sound real estate investments. She's also going to talk about how rentals can make you rich and the direction she sees the housing market heading in the next four years in this new economy we're heading into or this new uh, political situation we're heading into. So really, really interesting stuff. So let's go ahead and dive in with Kathy Fetke. Kathy Fetke, welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. Thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thanks for having me. So I'm excited to dive in. You have a big story of health and wealth and knowledge to share with us. So I'm looking forward to learning more. What can you tell us a little bit more about your personal and professional life beyond your bio? Well, I know I'm just really honored to be in the position I'm in. If you told me I would be the CEO of a multi-million dollar real estate company with 24,000 investors 13 years ago, I would have kind of laughed at you (laughs) (laughs) because I really, you know, my background is in broadcasting. And when I got married and had children, I just didn't want to be chasing fires or murderers anymore. I wanted to be home raising my children. And my husband's career took off. He had a book called Extreme Success based on you know, his extreme sports and how that applies to breaking through fears in business. And he was just really like traveling all over the country doing media. But when he came home and he went to the doctor, they found a bump on his head, or I should say a freckle, and it turned out to be melanoma. And then they thought it had spread after more testing. And they they told him he had six months to live. Now, the doctor was wrong and he is fine and healthy today. But at the time I was like, oh boy, okay, I got to figure this out. I didn't believe the doctors, but I also knew that Rich needed some time off to take care of himself. And just in case the doctor was right to make sure he was living the best six months of his, you know, ever. Right. And so that's really how I fell into real estate investing. So before real estate, you were in broadcasting? 
Yeah, I had my broadcast degree from San Francisco State, and I worked at CNN and Fox News and ABC, and I had my own radio show once I left the news business because it's really a hard business when you got small kids. Yeah. But I kept the radio show, which I did once a week, and it was just kind of on whatever I felt like talking about, whatever the news of the day was. But believe me, I switched it really fast to how do I make passive income? Because I wanted to stay home with my young children. Yeah. We just bought a beautiful home with fruit trees and an organic garden. And, you know, my children were very young. And, you know, I just thought, there's got to be a way. So I took my show and completely targeted it to interviewing wealthy people who had figured out how to acquire assets that create income passively so that they can have as much freedom of time as they want. And that's what I wanted was passive income. And through the show, I learned there was two ways people did it. I interviewed lots and lots and lots of millionaires. It was either through having a self-managed business, a business that's got enough systems that it can run itself, or through real estate uh, for the same reasons. If you've got the systems in place and it can basically take care of itself, then you've got passive income. So I went after it. (laughs) Oh, that's so cool. So tell us, did you, had you already started making these shifts before that health scare or was that what created the beginning of the shifting professionally? Oh, that was it. Yeah. It was like, how can I, I have to take over, you know, I mean, there's a chance I'll be a single mom, right. which I, you know, I wasn't, but right. it's like, I needed to take over the finances. And at that point, I think I was making maybe, maybe $2,000 a month. It wasn't, but yeah. it was vacation money, you yeah. know, and we had just bought a huge house, a 4,000 square foot home oh with six bedrooms and a $4,000 a month mortgage. And I was like, oh, oh boy. <laughs> so scary. How long between the time when your husband was given that false diagnosis and when you actually found out that he wasn't sick? Well, it was real. I mean, he had melanoma and we had to deal with that. Okay. But it was, but it was treatable good... versus... Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. It was, it was a good year of not knowing. Wow. Although female intuition, I never believed it. I was never worried about that piece of it. I was okay. just trying to figure out how that, you know, we blew through our savings, you know, medical bills are expensive. Yeah. We had this house and I didn't want him to stress. You know, the last thing I wanted was him to worry about finances. So I just had to figure it out. That's what it came down to. So you started with the radio show and really like getting focused on what you wanted the vision for that to be. And then talk to us a little bit about how did that then become your source of income or how did that grow and evolve into a bigger business? Well, when you start to hang around the people who are doing what you want to do, you really can learn quickly. And that's what happened. So I was interviewing all these successful people. And then I thought, okay, what they're doing makes sense. And here we had just bought this big house. So when Rich went climbing, he's a rock climber. He went rock climbing one weekend. And when he came back, I had rented out almost every bedroom in the house, except for ours and our children's. I put two kids in one room and we rented out the rest. The poor guy came home to strangers. I found him on Craigslist and a few were just, you know, (laughs) students. It was very funny. I put like two or three students in one room. And I mean, we had to wait in the line for the bathroom. It was crazy, but you know what? It was kind of my first foray into the idea of passive income. I don't recommend it in your own home, (laughs) but you know, it, it was like, okay, we have this asset, which was 
a blessing and then a curse and then a blessing again. It was like, oh, this is awesome. My dream house. And oh my gosh, now how are we going to pay for it? And then, ah, we can rent out rooms. And it was enough money that it easily covered the mortgage and some. Wow. So I, I learned. And then in the meantime, I kept interviewing to find out how I could do more of that and not in my space. (laughs) (laughs) This episode is supported by Air Doctor. You probably don't know that Americans take in about 20,000 breaths per day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors. The indoor air that we breathe can be up to 100 times more polluted than outdoor air, according to the EPA. Indoor air pollutants can cause upper respiratory symptoms like sneezing, coughing, congestion, scratchy throat, and even more serious health problems like lung and heart disease. So what's the solution? Introducing Air Doctor, the air purifier that filters out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants so your lungs don't have to. This includes allergens, pollen, pet dander, dust mites, mold spores, and even bacteria and viruses. I am so excited that we just got our own Air Doctor for our house, and we will have it all up and running and ready to to go in time for all the things that come with spring weather, but also smoke season, which is just around the corner for those of us in the Pacific Northwest. And I know many of you across the country. So here's how you can get your own Air Doctor. First of all, Air Doctor comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. Head to airdoctorpro.com and use the promo code SHAMELESS and you'll receive up to $300 off of air purifiers. Exclusive to our podcast customers, you will also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock in this special offer by going to airdoctorpro, A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com and use the promo code SHAMELESS. That's airdoctorpro.com, code SHAMELESS. This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and they're specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30 day money back guarantee and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners, can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. So the next thing I did was I thought, okay, I've got 
you know, you've got to use what you have. And I had this radio show and I thought, now I'm building an audience. People are, turns out I'm not the only person who wants to know how to build passive income. Our audience just took off. There was a tremendous demand for that. So I thought, well, why don't I get a sponsor? So I started to look for somebody who could use a kind of a real estate audience, you know, the audience that was interested in that. So I started calling mortgage brokers and one agreed. Well, first of all, they all said no. Nobody wanted to advertise. A big lesson, if you've got business owners or <laughs> salespeople listening, is it's all about the benefits and the approach of what you're asking for. Mm -hmm. I was asking for money. Who wants to sponsor my show? Well, nobody. Yeah. But when I shifted it to, hmm, my next phone call is going to be one that nobody can turn down. It will be so amazing. They'd be an idiot to turn it down. And so the next phone call I made was, how would you like me to make you a star in San Francisco and be my co-host? I love that. It sounds like you are such a resourceful person. I want to go back and talking about the bedroom situation in your house and renting out bedrooms. I love this idea that like here we are in this situation. And like you said, you know, going from the house being a blessing and a curse. So going from this blessing to this curse and how do we manage that? And then you're able to flip it again back into a blessing. And mm -hmm. like, it sounds like, you know, this attitude of gratitude around like, well, we have this house with extra rooms. Like how lucky are we that we can do this? Which, yeah. you know, a lot of people would never, I think, first of all, would not even consider that. But I don't even know if it would be, you know, enter someone's mind. Mm. So I love that you used that perspective that this is like, we have this blessing within this beautiful new home to do that. And then also around the radio show, being resourceful in a way of like how, you know, doing what you need to do to get what you want out of it. And I think that's such mm. a huge lesson is when you have these big opportunities and a platform, you have to ask for what you want, but you have to ask for it in a way that makes it really appealing to the other person. And how can you create that win-win? And I mean, that's such a brilliant approach. I think that that's really admirable. I'm going to consider that as I look towards my future sponsors of my show. <laughs> well, it changed my life. I yeah. mean, first of all, all of a sudden I changed what I was charging because I was giving more. And the, But the right. benefit was so enormous that it would be worth it. And so sure enough, the next phone call I made, I got a yes. Nice. And I, I went to that guy and, you know, I was like talking to him from my strength, which was nobody cares about mortgages. It was a mortgage guy. It was back in the 2000s when mortgage brokers could make 10 to $30,000 per loan, you know, in the San Francisco Bay Area. And I mean, it was nuts. They were making so much money and they had the money to spend. So you know, I went and said, okay, first of all, I want to let you know, no one cares about this topic. It couldn't be more boring. <laughs> <laughs> so, so let's make this interesting, you know, same concept, like let's find the benefit. And so together we came up with this concept of, well, let's interview the people who are getting loans. You know, what are they doing with them? And it turns out just by luck or grace or, you know, just when you move in the direction, the miracles happen. Yes. And so it turns out, this guy was a real estate investor and he goes, oh yeah, I can give you all kinds of people who are using loans to acquire assets, the cash flow." And so I just interviewed one client after the next, you know, somebody who bought a home, fixed it up, rented out, you know, turned it into a duplex, you know, whatever. Like there were so many different ways that people were making money and every single segment was so fascinating that our phones started ringing off the hook and everybody wanted a mortgage and everybody wanted to invest in real estate. And so my sponsor just looks at me and goes, I can't handle the business. This has been way too successful. You need to go get your license and be, take these loans, you know, do yeah. these loans. 
he pulls out three checks from his wallet. One was 10,000, one was 11, and one was 12. And he goes, I just made this today. And I was like, wow, I haven't even been able to make that in a year, you know, because I'd been a stay-at-home mom. Wow. (laughs) That is phenomenal. That is so crazy. And so, I mean, people say like that luck, you know, luck doesn't just happen. And, you know, you talk about like moving towards miracles and things like that, but it's also all of it is about your mindset around all of it It was just like, I'm going to do what I need to do to make this happen. And then look what happened as a result of that. And I think that we it's easy to lose sight of that when we're in, you know, overwhelming, frustrating, desperate situations, it's easy to feel blocked by things. And it sounds like you were just open to everything. And I was all of it. I was blocked. I was in tears. (laughs) I was a mess. I hate I mean, but the difference was, I was committed. There was a sometimes Unfortunately, stubborn people and probably most people sometimes have to hit bottom before that, oh, that shift happens that's like 100% nothing's going to stop me. Yeah. You know, sometimes it has to get so bad. Now, hopefully, you don't have ever have to get there. Right. But I think that's where we are in America. You know, yes. things had to just get so yep. bad that people were willing to get uncomfortable and change. Now, they shouldn't be running around and breaking windows, right. you know, but sometimes there's breakdown. Oftentimes there's breakdown before breakthrough. And you just, this is really the time of daily, daily checking in. I mean, the biggest problem in America and in general, when people are having hard times is they're not aligned with their values. And I think our country has forgotten our values. I know for me, that's what got me through those hard times is like, really, what's most important? I knew it was my children, being able to be with them, being able to be the support for my husband, and also always offering, um, you know, to others hope and opportunity as well, which I was giving them through my show. And that's what took me through all that. Well, I think that clarity is so sick. First of all, I love breakdown before breakthrough. I'm in such agreement. And I also think that the clarity that you just described is so essential for moving forward. And I think that that's, you know, I feel like that's where a lot of people in America are right now. Like we're trying to clarify, like, where are my values and what will my next steps be? And it sounds like you were in that position of like identifying your children, your husband as priorities, and then looking at like, how can I give to my community? How can I give to my network? How can I serve? And I think that those are like, that's what it comes down to. And that's what you did. And when you clarify that, then everything falls in line because you know what you're doing, you know what you're going after. And I think it becomes easier to take those steps and those steps become more obvious. That's when I think that the doors start opening. Absolutely. So start there. And I, you know, I hope that that is something we can come to as a nation really is to remember that probably we all really want the same things if we can just remember what those are. Right, (laughs) right. Which is challenging because it's actually, I mean, not to go down on a huge political tangent, but I think that a lot of it is like stepping away from being right about everything or like, we have to do a little bit of disconnecting from like, it's not about my political party. And it's not about this or that, like, really agreeing that like, let's just be kind people. And let's can all of us like connect on a better, stronger, more positive, deeper level. Because I think that the majority of people aren't wanting to be hateful. And there's so much confusion when we look at people and assume that everyone's on one side or the other. So yeah, I think that's a really good point. Mm-hmm. So, so we'll get off of the political tangent, because I could, t- I could tell we could spend a lot of time there. <laughs> but tell us about how you work with women in real estate. Well, you know, I work with men and women, right. but I, I would say that, honestly, what I've 
brought to women is the example that a woman can do this. And so I've given women hope. I really think that's my biggest gift because in this time, you know, all of a sudden I was, you know, inundated with, I was one of the busiest loan officers, you know, I mean, I'm like, wow, all of a sudden I was making money that like I'd never known was possible. Now, that's not possible anymore with loans. There's so much regulation and <laughs> right. it, it's really a hard job and I don't do it anymore. But at the time it was so stupid easy. Like literally, I mean, it was stated income loans. You hand someone a packet, they fill it out, you turn it in, they get a loan. I mean, it was, right. it was nuts. Right. But as a result, I was suddenly, because of my show and because of the influence I had, I was suddenly being asked to speak at different real estate events. And, and uh, like, well, I'm not really there yet, but <laughs> but I, I would go. And this was kind of, again, in the mid-2000s, and we didn't have blogs. We didn't have these podcasts. We didn't have access to information the way we have today. So a lot of these real estate groups that I would be asked to go speak at, I would listen to the main speakers, and I was like, that's not right. What they're saying is not true. You know, you no, you know, you... And I would kind of nudge the person next to me who I knew was a, a real investor and be like, can you do that? You know, are those the foreclosure laws here? And they're like, no. And I remember at one event, you know, we raised our hands and this foreclosure expert said, you know, I'm quite certain you can't do that legally in the state. And the speaker stopped the room, had a break and escorted us out. Wow. Because these were events where they were selling products, 10, 20, $30,000 products. People would run to the back of the room and buy garbage. And, you know, these slick salespeople would just go from real estate group to real estate group just selling this garbage. And that's when I realized there's a desperate need for people to have real information on how to truly build wealth through real estate or otherwise. But real estate's my choice from everything I've learned about it. And so we started a group. And I think I would like to take credit for putting a lot of those groups out of business because we brought in people with their baseball hats and their trucks just plucked right off the site of where, whatever job they were on. And it was like, tell us what you're doing to make money. And they had nothing to sell. It was just like share information. And so we created, and, and I wasn't, I didn't want anything for it. These were free events. I mean, I, obviously I wanted loans. I was in the loan business. So I figured I would get business and I was, but more importantly, it was a, wow, there's a desperate need for people to get real information on how truly successful investors have been able to do this, just like I was getting on my show. So then we created the Real Wealth Network, and that's what I said today, 24,000 people. And then because of all of that, I would have these experts come on the show and to our events explaining that, okay, you know, these loans are actually extremely dangerous. They could see it. It was obvious to me too, you know, because I would turn in a loan and the bank would change it because they would come back and say, oh, you, you know, your client doesn't make enough money to qualify for this loan. And I would say, oh, okay. And they'd say, so we changed the income. <laughs> oh my gosh. And I'd be like, um, can you do that? And I'd come home to my husband and does that sound right? And he goes, no, that sounds like fraud, you know? Wow. And so it was obvious there was a massive problem. But these experts explained it. But what they said is what it's done is created this bubble in certain markets, but not in other markets. So these experts were selling all their properties in the bubble markets of California and Arizona and Nevada and Florida. They were selling and they were buying 
in Texas because in 2006, Texas did not have those crazy loans. You couldn't do that. Okay. They had been through the SNL crisis and they, they weren't going to do it again. So as a lender, nobody wanted to lend in Texas because it was so strict, but it was also a place that didn't bubble up and it also didn't crash. And so because I had these experts on, I helped hundreds of people sell their bubble property in California and exchange it tax deferred for property in Texas that wasn't in a bubble. And so those investors quadrupled or even quintupled their cash flow because the cash flow was so much better in Texas than California. And they only saw their equity increase and their rents increase. So they, they wow. didn't suffer any of the downturn. Oh, and I love what you said earlier about giving people hope. I think that, you know, when we go through tough economic times or tough economic times, or you're just you're starting out on a new venture or whatever, I think the idea of giving people hope is so imperative. And I think that oftentimes that's what we're looking for when we start out on something new and we don't even know it. And I know I'm a gym owner here in Seattle. And when people sign up for me to come see me for weight loss, in the back of my mind, I'm like, they want like, yes, they want weight loss, but they are signing up for hope. They want hope that they can like mm-hmm. be strong. They can be fit. They can be healthy. They want hope that like they can be comfortable in the skin that they're in. They can feel better about their body. So I think the idea of providing people with hope, no matter what industry you're in is so powerful and so significant. And I think, you know, you coming from having gone through pretty dramatic and traumatic experience as you started out in this business yourself, I think it makes it easier for you to understand that you want to provide people with, you know, true information, factual information that's going to benefit them and help them build something and build something that's based on, you know, truth and good value and good return on investment. But Mm -hmm. I think that's all so hopeful. And that's really important as Mm -hmm. you're especially if you are in a place of wanting to serve others, like, you know, like you said, that was part of your, the clarity of your vision. So yeah. that, that's very significant and probably somewhat challenging when you see other people around you in the industry, not doing that as ethically. And that's, you know, oh, I would say that happens is, in fitness as well. So. Oh my gosh. It's honestly, it's probably the 80, 20 rule, 80 being unethical. It's amazing. The things we've seen, especially during the housing downturn, I would have people come to me and say, hey, you know, we got these properties from the bank, you know, in bulk for like $5,000, but you can sell them to your investors, you know, which that's, you know, we ended up having this huge list of people who wanted to invest in real estate. He's like, you can turn around and don't do anything to them and just sell them for 20 grand to your investors. And I was like, yeah, but they're kind of garbage properties, aren't they? And they're like, yeah, but they're cheap, you know, and it's, you can easily sell them. And I just, you know, I was like, I, but I, I can't ethically sell them. Right, right. <laughs> I could easily, easily sell them, but I couldn't live with myself. And, and so, you know, it turns out this guy was like getting these bank tapes. That's what they called them. Just properties in bulk, just like inner city, just to tear down property that the city was just happy to hand away because there was so much crime. And, you know, and these guys would run around and sell people a property for $20,000 and they make 15000 on each deal and lie about the condition of it. And the investors lost money. Those guys ended up going to jail. But, you know, it was like, again, the same thing I was saying, you have to know your, your values. Because when you start making money, there's temptations. That's all I can say. Yes. You know, there's temptations always, but just money intensifies that. And so, you know, here was literally a possibility of me to make a hundred thousand dollars a day. I mean, it was insane the amount of money I could have made, but I would never do that. Right. You know? right. And still, even I have people come to our events and say, 
hey, you know, it seems like you've got a real following here of people who, you know, will do anything, you know, buy anything you sell. I'm, I'm trying to unload some properties and I'd look at them and go, well, the, first of all, just the fact that you use the word unload <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> means get out of my room. <laughs> you know, no. Uh, so they're everywhere. They're yeah, everywhere. Yeah, yeah, definitely. What do you want women to know about real estate and building wealth? Well, I want <laughs> you to know that we are capable of, you know, it's our divine right to be mm -hmm. wealthy. And once we tap into that flow, it will come easily, but there has to be initial effort, you know, the same kind of effort, like I said, like pushing a, a kind of large ball or car or whatever up a hill, you know, there's going to be some effort. And then, because it's almost like you have to prove to the universe that you really, really want it. Yeah. And then everything seems to come in line. But you also cannot let that ego get in the way and think that because you have this vision that that's actually what you're supposed to be doing. So you've got to constantly be checking in. And I mean all the time, but every day for sure, but hourly if possible of making sure you know how to tap into your higher self. And if it's prayer, whatever it is you do to tap into that more enlightened part of yourself right. to check in and take the divine guidance and listen to it. So, you know, an example was that's what happened when I shifted and I got that, you know, that client, it was like, wait, something's not working. I've been making a whole lot of phone calls. So there's effort trying to get a sponsor, but they're all knows what am I doing wrong? So I go in and, you know, center myself and meditate and pray. And that's when the answer would come. So just, you know, don't, I think too often we come up with these goals and then they're rigid and we think this is the way we need to do it. But women, we don't flow that. We aren't like that. We're not rigid. We flow like water. So you've got to be open. Yeah. So tapping into your higher self, it sounds like you do that through prayer and meditation. Is that something that you do like very consciously as part of a daily routine? Or is that something that is more casual? And tell us just a little bit more about how you do that, how you tap into your higher self. It is a constant struggle for me because I am <laughs> extremely hyperactive. <laughs> so ideally, if I get up first thing in the morning and get my tea and go sit down before it's light out and do it then, that's good. But, you know, I'll be honest, I don't always do that. And so one thing I commit to no matter what is exercise every day and a lot of yoga. And so that helps me with, you know, calming down and breathing or even walking that you can have a moving meditation if you have a hard time sitting. Yeah. But the truth is when you can sit and complete and total stillness and do it, however you do it, it people listen to their breath, people quote a mantra, whatever, you know, there's different visualizations. There's lots of apps with meditations on. There's so many ways to do it. But if you can do that every day, even just for a few minutes, it does make a difference. And I'm saying that really more as a reminder to myself because <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> I've shared my experience with meditation on this podcast. It is a struggle for me. And not because I'm hyperactive, but because I think my mind is hyperactive. Yes, yeah. and I have a very hard time quieting my mind down. So I'm currently, I'm not doing formal meditation, but I'm practicing journaling right now, which mm -hmm. is... 
Good. Which, is, which is, I'm feeling like I'm better at that than meditating, but yeah. I totally get what you're saying. And I agree with the exercise piece that like, do you exercise in the morning or at midday or what does that look like for you? Whenever, but if I don't do it in the morning, it's a lot harder right. to get to. But you know, the truth is, it's like anything that will get you out of your head Yes, because that can be the enemy, you know? And, right. and so another thing, a technique I've learned that is a little bit easier and I do recommend this if you can just do this every day, especially a moment where you're feeling tense, is to put your hand on your heart. This is from HeartMath. It's a, a research company in California that basically has proven the power and the intelligence of the heart and that too often we're in our heads. So we're not getting access to the actual intelligence, the, the stuff that would make you a, you know, probably a multimillionaire if you just tapped into it. You yeah. know? But you just put your hands on your heart and you breathe into your heart like your hands are your like an extension of your lungs and your heart. You breathe in and then you bring to mind anything you love. It could be your puppy. It could be your work, your spouse, your children, whatever, anything you love. You just breathe in. And then just the mere exercise of feeling your heart and feeling love gets you out of your head. You can't do both. You can't be in your head and your heart at the same time. So that oh. is a really good way in an easy way, super easy way. And then when you're in that place, just continuing to feel your heart and feel love, then you can bring into your heart, whatever that issue is and not, and like, just keep it there. <laughs> oh, that is so cool. I've never heard of heart math. I'm assuming if it's a company out in California that they have a website. So I will, yes. <laughs> I'll find some information on that and I'll make sure I link to that in the show notes over at shamelessmom.com. For those of you listening and wanting to learn more that concept, I love this idea that you can't be in your head and in your heart at the same time. So that's so fascinating. So I'm excited to do, <laughs> I'll do a little research there and put it in our show notes from today. Well, it shifts everything. The way they describe yeah. it, and these are scientists, that it literally, when you're in your head, you've cut off your heart. And so when you get into your heart, there is still a flow to the brain. So you're still getting the wisdom, but it's coming from a much more powerful place. Right. Oh, that's so cool. Thank you for sharing that piece with us. <laughs> so I guess let's talk a little bit about some specifics on real estate. And I'm going to bring this up because I know that we have a lot of younger families who listen to the podcast or families with young children. And so we have some families who aren't living in a home that they've purchased and they might be renting at this point. I'm in Seattle. The real estate mm -hmm. market is insane. Yes. So yeah. do you have advice for people who are considering like renting versus buying and like how that would impact long-term investment and that's just such a big question. And I know there's a lot of young families in Seattle right now, um, and probably nationwide that are thinking like, I'll never own a home. And like, mm -hmm. what are your thoughts around that? Well, <laughs> home ownership has changed. And, uh -huh. you know, it used to, for the younger generation, it's different. You know, the millennials are the first generation to see a massive housing downturn that caused the world financial markets to collapse. So, you know, baby boomers only saw real estate values go up. So it was always like, oh, I got to get real estate. But the younger generation is like, you know, I don't, I don't really know if I want that. And they're more mobile and they're marrying later and they're selling down later. So I wouldn't say that, it, you know, don't be in a big hurry to buy your home unless you know, you're going to stay in that area and you want your kids in that school district or whatever, you just, that's where you want to stay and you want to raise your family, then do it. Rich and I bought a house in California. 
last year. It was not a good time to buy. Prices are high. It, yeah. We're buying at the peak. It wasn't the best time to buy. And yet we found a deal. So for us, you know, we found this house or all the reasons why, you know, that I teach people what to look for. I mean, the sellers did a horrible job marketing. They would never show it. It was mismarked. I mean, there are all these reasons why we were able to just get a screaming deal. There was like this crazy lady in the neighborhood that was trying to steal little blonde kids and they had little blonde kids. (laughs) It was like really weird stuff. Crazy. I'm like, what about what about brunette teenagers? Right. Like, no, nope, not interested. <laughs> so, wow. I'm like, because they could steal mine. No, just kidding. <laughs> Love my teenagers. So anyway, we got a great deal and it made sense. And we actually saved money. We paid less in the mortgage than we were in rent. Okay. So if you find something like that, then by all means, you know, we're going to stay. If we didn't stay, we'd rent it out. It would cash flow. But don't stretch. Don't do something like we did, you know, where we bought this massive house and then we're like, ah, now what? Right. Of course it worked for us because it was so big. We were able to rent out rooms, but you know, that you never ever want to be in a stressful financial situation because it is not good for family. Right. So it's better if you live in a high priced market where you're not sure if you're going to stay, it's way better to invest in investment property in areas that really make sense where there's massive cash flow. You're still getting all the tax benefits. You can qualify easier for investor loans. People don't know that. You can get as many as 10 of them conventionally. I know there's like so many people don't know this. You get way more tax benefits. You could get to a point where you pay zero tax at all, and then you can live wherever you want. So let's break that down for a second for people that who don't understand real estate very well, which I would include myself in that. But so you're saying that you can like continue to rent where you're at, but then you could buy something in another area, another city or state, maybe where you could rent it for more than the mortgage payment. Is that what you mean? Okay. Yeah. That's what my company teaches. That's what we've been become experts in because we're, I'm in San Francisco. Listen, we can't find deals there either. And now I'm in Malibu, forget about it. So it's just, what we've been teaching is what I learned back in 2006, where it was like, wow, California's in a bubble, but Texas is not. Right. In fact, there's all this job growth, there's population growth, but houses are 26% undervalued. Here's an opportunity. Yeah. And then we found this area in Dallas where there was a new freeway being built that would make the commute 20 minutes instead of an hour. And it was a beautiful little neighborhood with, you know, on a lake. And we thought this is a value play that as soon as that as that freeway comes in, these properties are going up in value. So we bought like brand new back when I was doing the radio show and everything, Rich and I refinanced that house and bought five properties in that little neighborhood called Rockwall, Texas. Those properties, once the freeway went in, those properties were, they've doubled or tripled in value and rents have gone through the roof. So, you know, that's what we want to help investors do nationwide. We find out where are the jobs, Where's the population and where's the infrastructure redevelopment happening that nobody knows about? And if we can get there first, then and we help investors get in there. They can own these properties. Get you know, Let me give you an example. A $100,000 home is kind of our target. Okay. And the rent comes in around 1000 Now, with today's interest rates, that would be a $20,000 down payment. And your mortgage payment is going to be around four or 500 bucks, but your rent's 1000 Okay. So, you know, you're never going to get that in Seattle. Right. Oh my gosh, no. If you were going to buy, what's a typical home price in Seattle? Oh, I mean, it depends on the neighborhood, but I think the last time I looked, it was like around 650 maybe. Okay. So the average. 650. So you could buy six rental homes 
Because see, the difference is you'd have to qualify for a large loan. Yes, yes. And that's a fairly large down payment and a really big mortgage. Mm -hmm. So instead, you could get six $100,000 loans. The down payment's $20,000 on each. But the difference is your payment is so low and the, the bank lets you count the rental income. That's how you qualify. Okay. That's why it's easier. Okay. And so now if you bought, you know, six homes, that's the equivalent, 600,000 in value, but you should be getting around 6,000 in rent. Right. Now I'm guessing that that $600,000 house in Seattle rents for about half that. Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. A $600,000. Yeah. would probably rent for about 3,000. Yeah. Or, or maybe so you, a little more. Maybe a little more, but yeah. okay. Let's say you're renting it. Let's just say you're renting it for 4,000. Right but you bought these investment properties, you're making $2,000 more. See, you know, so there's no reason to buy unless, like I said, unless there's personal reasons you want to stay there forever, you want to add to it and like, you know, there's pride in ownership. So that's different, but you need to be able to hold it for a long time because we don't know. We're in very, very uncertain times. Yes. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily. It's very digestible. And the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Utube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explains. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips. Yeah. So speaking of that, do you have any forecasts for the real estate market over the next four years? I used to until Tuesday. Until Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. Like 
when I couldn't sleep on Tuesday night, I was like, hmm, I, like, I felt pretty good about my house being a big part of my retirement plan. And all of a sudden, I'm like, maybe not. I mean, granted, I'm not retiring in four years. But like, yeah. this what I thought was a real solid plan here might be going real sideways. Well, let me tell you, before Tuesday, I actually would have been very worried about you because Seattle, Portland, San Francisco, Miami, New York, these are bubble markets, Denver yeah. too. Yeah. I don't recommend anybody buy right now. These are seller's markets. It's time to sell. Yeah. Unless, like I said, you love your home and you're going to stay. So also, these are markets that are tied to the stock market, and the stock market is going to adjust. It is 60 to at least 60% overvalued. And you know, there's just no way that can continue. And the markets, if there was a, a stock market adjustment in what we might call a crash, then the markets that would feel it would be those markets, right. the same ones. Because, you know, the little town in, like I said, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, they're not going to feel it. You know, yeah, They're not invested yeah. in the stock market. But Seattle, San Francisco, they are, especially yeah. the high end. Yeah. So before Tuesday, I would have said, if you don't love that property and you're not attached, sell it and cash out and stay in cash because in about a year, there's probably going to be a huge adjustment and you'll be able to buy things for cheaper. Now we have to most people's surprise, for sure mine, a real estate tycoon (laughs) who runs the country. So he understands real estate better than anybody. I can't stand the guy's ethics. Let's just, you know, come on. I can't, but (laughs) I totally agree. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I, well, Hey, we're on the West coast. So, you know, who he is as a person, not talking about that, but as a real estate investor, he is going to remove some of the things that were not good for real estate that Obama had planned and projected. Those are all coming off the table. These Dodd-Frank regulations, all these environmental regulations that have made it difficult for builders, all these tax benefits we get, I mean, massive tax benefits. Those were all on a chopping block and they're not anymore. Listen, it's going to be all about real estate. So, you know, he's pro-business, he's pro-real estate. So it could be very, very good for us. It will definitely be good from a tax benefit perspective. It'll be very good for a business owner. What we don't know is if we'll be in a nuclear war. No, just kidding. (laughs) No, no, but seriously. (laughs) I'm not laughing. I I know. Yeah, I know. I mean, I think that, yeah, like the markets, I think the markets, what you're saying is like could potentially go crazy and a lot of things could shift. But because of his love of real estate, that real estate might be okay. It's just like the rest of our reality. <laughs> might, well, that, that's it. Be. I mean, that's it. I mean, if you own real estate in downtown Portland or Oakland, well, it's getting smashed right now. With yeah. Rocks. You know, yeah. so it just depends. I mean, we're going to see, this is part of what many of the economists on my show have been predicting that it's the season of rebellion. Yeah. Because when people have been ripped off for as long as they have been, and it you could say it's the Democrats, you could say it's the Republicans. It's neither. It is the powers that be behind all that, okay. that have ripped people off for too darn long. And of course, we're talking Wall Street, and of course, we're talking the Federal Reserve and these powers that the money powers that have controlled things and taken. And so unfortunately, the masses don't know that. And they'd rather just point fingers at the other, other Americans. And it's just that's not where we should be pointing it. But that's how it, it works. Yeah. And so Many of the economists that I, like I said, I interview on my show have been predicting this revolution, basically. And I'm not really sure why they thought someone from the 1% could protect them from the 1%. Like the whole thing is confusing to me. (laughs) I don't get it. But I can tell you that as a real estate investor and somebody who's teaching other people to be wealthy, 
it's really good for us from a personal standpoint. We just got to get out there and teach people to get back to core values. Right. Right. So do you have any thoughts on, this is a conversation I actually had recently with my sister-in-law who is a financial planner and we were talking about retirement and we were talking about saving for retirement versus investing in real estate. I'm so curious. I think that, you know, we have many listeners on our show who are like, you know, between 35 and 50 who have children. And this is the time we're making these big considerations of like, how much do I put in retirement? Where do I put it? And in Seattle, it's like real estate has been a good investment for those of us who were able to, you know, if we bought 10, 15 years ago, or even five years ago, we've had tremendous return on our investment. So Mm -hmm. do you have any thoughts and suggestions around like, putting money into real estate versus putting money into retirement? Or how do you advise people on that? Oh, 100%. 100%. Wall Street is totally manipulated. It is. If you feel safe in Las Vegas, gambling your money there, then, you know, by all means do it. But that is what Wall Street is today. Now, there are some stocks that are good. Let's, you know, there's good stocks, there's bad stocks. But overall, if you're in the S&P or in the NASDAQ, you know, that's not going anywhere. So you're probably not going to make any money. But the worst part is, it's just paper assets. You could wake up tomorrow and it could all be gone. So again, if you're comfortable with that, that's fine. I'm not, I would never do that. I want my money tied to something that's not going to be gone tomorrow and that actually pays me today and that I can control. And so yes, you and your listeners in Seattle have made money and good for you. And you've made it because of some financial manipulation that's been going on to prop up markets. None of it's real. So, you know, you have an opportunity to cash in So if you're not attached to your property, I do actually recommend you consider selling because, or if you've got a property that's just like old and dilapidated, you know, whatever, if you've got an investment property, that's not really giving you a return that you want, then definitely consider selling and exchanging into markets that are not bubbled. There's a lot of markets in the U S that are not in a bubble. Right. Just like I said, like in 2006, we helped people sell. I helped this lady sell three dilapidated properties in Stockton, California. She came to me and said, I really want to quit my job, but I, I only make like $3,000 a month from these three rental properties in, in Stockton and I want to sell that. She goes, I want to quit my job. And I said, well, each of those properties looks like they're worth 400000 each and you're only making 3000 I'm like, how could you only be making $3,000 a month when you've got a million point two? portfolio here. So I talked her into selling those. And this was 2006. We got her into 10 brand new homes in Dallas in this area that I told you about where this new freeway was coming in. Each of those 10 homes rented for $1,200 a month. So she went from 3000 to, like I said, 10000 Wow! in an area that was just the beginning of its boom that was undervalued, but we saw what was coming. So she quadrupled or quintupled her cash flow the next year, those Stockton properties she sold were worth a hundred thousand each. So wow. if she had not talked to me, she would have lost everything. But because we met and we worked out and I, I taught her some options and she did it, you know, she was able to go in and quit her job. So, you know, a lot of people in Seattle have that opportunity. I help people every day in San Francisco. I've got a lady who's selling a property in San Francisco for $2 million. It's been on rent control. She's barely making any money, maybe, maybe 4,000 a month on that property because of rent control. She can make 20,000 a month. Easy. Oh my gosh. So I feel like, well, I am speaking from a personal level and I don't know that I'm speaking for everyone, but I feel like, you know, a lot of the people that I know here, we are my friends in Seattle who own homes. We are living in our homes with our families. And so that 
we do feel really personally connected to the property, especially if we've bought with the intention of staying for a long time. So aside from selling and investing in other properties, it sounds like the other option would be like if you come into a situation where you might have, you know, $20,000 for a down payment on a on a $100,000 property or something like that, that those could be really sound investments. And that could be a different option than selling your home and investing in investment properties. Is that? Oh, I, yeah, for okay. sure. Yeah, no, I mean, if you're young, and you're raising a family, you just don't worry about you don't worry about the money, you just choose a home you want to live in. Right. And you're going to make money because today's interest rates are so low, they're going to be going up. If you lock in these low interest rates and you stay in that home and you pay that home down, you know, and you're going to be happy. Right. You're going to be real, real happy. I'm just talking investment property. Right, like right. if you own a rental, it's probably not performing that well. Right. So yeah, you can. Now you I know, need to go, we actually have a rental. So now I need to go look at our rental. Yeah. See, well, look maybe, at that. Maybe look we need to sell our rental. I'm listening to all these numbers you're throwing around thinking, do we need to sell our rental and buy a house in Texas? Well, you know, find out what the value is. Do you have an idea of what it's worth today? Uh, not super closely. Okay. I would find out what okay. it's worth. Okay. And a lot of people don't really know what they're making on their property. Like you need to really know after all expenses, what am I making? Right. And then compare that to some other options. We do webinars every single week on different parts of the country that are booming. For example, I know this is going to just not sound interesting at all, but there's this little town in in Alabama. <laughs> we can have our judgments about different parts of the country and people have no idea sometimes what's in Alabama, but there's this town called Huntsville. It is a military base for rocket scientists. Oh, so wow. it's like it has the highest number of rocket scientists in the country in this little place called Huntsville. So now cool. given, yeah. And the, the homes there are, like I said, they're in the hundred thousand dollar range. So you can rent this property to a highly educated white collar, you know, person in the military. And we pretty much know that Trump's got plans to expand the military. So, you know, it's things like that. Those are the opportunities. Right. right. Oh, that's so, I feel like you like have your finger on the pulse of these little, uh, magical pieces of, I mean, this, you know, obviously this is your area of expertise, but these are like things that most people don't think about or know about. And that's really, really interesting information. I'm finding it fascinating. So I would like to know, getting out of the real estate piece a little bit, tell us how you are a shameless mom. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I'm such a proud mother. My daughter just got back from Thailand. She spent a week there. She's 17 for Operation Smile and helping these children. Oh my gosh, she was in the surgeries. She was holding the children. She wants to be a doctor now. I am so proud of my kids. And the philosophy I've always had is that, I know this is going to sound strange, but that they're almost wiser than me. And so with that philosophy, I never... I never ordered them around or you know tried to tell them the way to do things. I always just felt that they were wiser and wanted to hear how they would do things. And because of that, they're just brilliant little independent people. And I even told my kids, I I almost used the opposite approach of a tiger mom. I was like, you know, college is not worth it. You know, don't (laughs) just go be a real estate investor. You don't need college. And of course, what does she do? She gets straight A's and she wants to go the best college because it's like... (laughs) You know, she's going to rebel. I'm rebelling right. against mom. She says not to go to college. I'm going. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> yeah. But really, I just didn't have that. It was more like, tell me what you want and who you want to be. And so I'm shamelessly proud of my two girls. And it was, right. I will say that during the debates, you know, to have these young girls experience what we just experienced. And, you know, again, regardless of how you feel about Trump, I, like I already said, I think there'll be some benefits to the economy. But 
to see a man, you know, bully a woman the way that he did and has, and to see her stand up so strong. It was a powerful moment for me to be sitting there with a a daughter on each side, just watching, okay, this is, this is how you can stand up. Yeah. 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 You know, I think that there was a lot of horrible things that went, there's still more to come, I think, from this whole election and this whole process. And there's definitely things I'm scared about over the next four years. But I think that there's also been some huge lessons and some huge conversations that needed to happen that like we had to have something of this caliber going on for us to start having the kinds of conversations that really needed to be had. Absolutely. Um, And I think that that's a really powerful thing coming out of all of this. Mm -hmm. One last question. I know we're getting tight on time. One last question for you. Describe the legacy you're building and how does being shameless play into your legacy? You know, a lot of times women, and I know at least for myself, we didn't have examples of being a shameless entrepreneur or powerful woman. Like I said, we got a chance to see that over the debates of, okay, this is how you do it. This is one way to be powerful. So every day it's an adjustment of how do I do this? You know, how do I run a a company? How do I walk into a room that's all men? You know, how do I, you know, it's all new, you know, no one's really taught us. And so it's not like I'm trying to build an empire and that comes down to my core values. I actually really don't even care that much about building an empire or being, I don't don't really want things. I want a few things. I want education for my children and I, I want good food and I want to be able to travel, but and I don't, I don't do this for the money, as weird as that sounds. It's more I do it for the freedom yeah. and because I love it. And so I'm cautious about building an empire, but at the same time, I'm building an empire. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so I enter it cautiously, but with passion and love for my clients and yeah. my family. Oh, I love that. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Kathy. I really appreciate it. And tell us where we can find you if we want to learn more and if we want some of your guidance and wisdom. <laughs> Absolutely. Realwealthnetwork.com is our website. Real like real estate, wealth as in your money and network, Real Wealth Network. And we really simplify the process for people. It sounds so overwhelming, I know, but we, you know, we give you all the research on these best areas to invest. And then we have teams already set up in those areas, the, the realtors that we trust and the contractors that we trust. And we have some investors who already have properties already rented, already fixed up, already performing assets. So we really make it turnkey. So I just, I want to take away that kind of fear because it's like, I don't want to go invest (laughs) across the country. No, we've got it all set up. That's become our business model. In addition to just an enormous amount of education and handholding. And then I've got a book called Retire Rich with Rentals that you can get on Amazon. And that just really boils it down the basics because I make it sound easy. Like if you were not to go through us and do it on your own, there's a lot you need to know. So you don't make a mistake because you can do really well, but you can also not, you can lose a lot if you don't do it right. So the retire rich with rentals has a checklist and make sure you understand the things that need that, you know, what you need to know to protect yourself. Oh, cool. That book sounds like a really great resource. So I'm going to make sure that the book and your website are linked up over on our show notes at shamelessmom.com. And this will be episode 78. So you can pop over to the website for any of you who want to look into those resources a little bit more. And I'll also make sure I have links over there to heart math. (laughs) Yes, I'll learn more about that. Thank you so much for spending time with us today, Kathy. This has been so valuable. And I really appreciate it. And for those of you listening in for the first time know that we do release episodes every Monday and Wednesday. So you can go to iTunes and subscribe 
subscribe. And you can do that at shamelessmom.com forward slash review. And that will take you right into our iTunes page to subscribe. And you can also leave a review while you're there. And for those of you who want to connect with Kathy, make sure that you pop over to our website to do that at shamelessmom.com. And this is episode 78. And thank you all for listening. And thank you so much, Kathy, for spending time with us. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for spending time with Kathy and me today. I hope you learned a lot. Gosh, I know I did. I feel like my mind's reeling a little bit with like all these new real estate ventures I want to have. And if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday. So please come back and join us again in the next couple days. You can subscribe to our show by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash review. That will take you right into iTunes where you can hit the little subscribe button. And as soon as episodes come out every Monday and Wednesday, you will have them immediately on your device. Additionally, you can leave a little review while you're over there. So go ahead and let me know what you loved about this episode or what you're just enjoying about the Shameless Mom Academy in general. It's always a pleasure to get your feedback. And remember that my reviews are my ratings. And so it's really important that I keep getting that feedback from you guys. So thank you so much in advance for helping me in that way. I really, really appreciate it. So thank you so much for spending time with us today. It's always such a joy and such a pleasure for me. I can't wait to do it again in a couple days. And remember, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. With sometimes hilarious and always thought-provoking experts and friends, at Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark-Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast.